The Chargers offense has had underwhelming moments so far, but what are the biggest problems? It's Fan Mail Friday, and we're getting into it on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers now for six seasons. We're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. And it is Twitter Tuesday, so we're getting into some of the fan questions that you guys have a lot about. Justin Herbert and Easton Stick and Chase Daniel, which we're going to get into. But I do want to talk about the biggest problems with the Chargers offense because there's a lot of calling for Joe Lombardi's head. So we're going to talk about really if it's more Joe Lombardi in the play calling, if it's a personnel problem, is it the offensive line, is it the running game? A lot to attack there. And obviously Keenan Allen missing these guys. You know, the last game doesn't help at all either. But another thing we wanted to get to is we have a voicemail about if the Chargers really are worse than the Chiefs, even though they lost that game, and if the Chiefs and the Chargers are clearly the two best teams in the AFC West, and we'll also get into if we would rather have Chase Daniel or Easton Stickstar in the unlikely or you know unfortunate circumstance that Justin Herbert can't play in this upcoming game. But today's episode of Lockdown Chargers is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. With promo code LOCKDOWN, that's prizepicks.com, promo code LOCKDOWN. So, David, let's get to the Twitter Tuesday. And to make sure everyone can get involved in this, you can always hit us up at LOCKDOWNLAC on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogemeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. But today we're starting with Baphomet, who's asking, What's the bigger issue, really, offensive play calling or the continued lack of a potent running game? So, David, a lot of talk about the Chargers offense. I'll open this one up to you. Yeah, so, I mean, I I think, you know, when you talk about this subject, it it starts with the play calling. I mean, the play calling is where it has to originate here. And, you know, you take a look at it and, you know, the, the Chargers have passed, you know, about 30 more times than they have run the football. And, you know, that that, you know, that's a pretty decent mix. And I mean, last year they were throwing at 65 percent of the time, too. But I just think the way that the, the Chargers have gone about uh, and Joe Lombardi has gone about calling plays, you know, there has been a lot of um, things that have made you uncomfortable about the way things have got going on offense, especially with the weapon that you have in Justin Herbert and the arm that he has. And, you know, the lack of, of the, you know, the air yards per target, you know, just not there with a guy of his caliber who can make those type of throws that we've seen, you know, week in and week out. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it's hard to boil down the offensive issues down to any one single thing. And it's a, a lot of things. It's fair to ask the question if the Chargers offense has underwhelmed, considering they've been missing Keenan Allen for six and a half quarters now consecutively. And he is their second best offensive player, at least skill player for sure. That is a big deal, and he solves some of these issues for sure. To me, as far as the play calling goes, it's a couple of things. Too predictable, right? Too many stick routes where you're just running yeah. what the pick six was on, right? Just a route where kind of an option play for Gerald Everett, but supposed to go inside there. He doesn't. 
but all of those routes are the same, right? You're running four or five stick routes across the field, which are basically just little comeback routes where nobody's really running very far at all, and you're just hoping to find a quick completion there. And yeah. if it doesn't come right away, there's not much else you can do on a play like that unless it's, you know, extended a lot. One of the things I heard that really stood out to me as I was listening to Nate Tice and Robert Mays of The Athletic talking about Joe Lombardi and their frustrations with his offense, and they said a lot of low upside plays, basically like too many plays where you're just you're not you're not having a bunch of guys attack the deep part of the field. You're not having guys attack every part of the field and making defenses really account for every part of the field. It's just like, okay, hey, we're gonna write have four dudes run short routes. The other thing that's been really noticeable to me is the spacing of the offense. I mean the offense seems to be so cramped together at times. Yeah. I mean we've seen passes where we're like, hey, I don't even know what receiver that pass was supposed to go to. Because I mean you have one guy standing right in front of the other guy. I mean, you just look around the league and you have these offenses who are creating such great space for their skill position players. And at times the Chargers offense doesn't seem very creative at all, which does fall on Joe Lombardi. And I think there's a lot of it that goes into it though. So as much as it is Joe Lombardi in play calling and not attacking on early downs, I think that's the other thing too, is like, you're just too willing to live in third down situations. Like you're too willing to get a four yard pass on second and seven. So you set up a third and three instead of just going and throwing it past the sticks on second and seven. So you're not facing that third down. Like that's where my frustration comes in. seems like it's too reliant on, okay, well, we're going to have Justin Herbert be able to convert for us on this third down. And now when you're missing Keenan Allen, it shows up even more and more because he is that dude on those third down situations. So there's a lot of it, David. And I think the other part of it too is personnel. Like, Do you really yeah. have the guys to run this offense do you have speed guys still right or explosive guys you have explosive after the catch guys outside of gerald everett who i think has lived up to that bill so i think it also is a personnel problem too yeah it definitely is i mean hey who wouldn't love to see a jamar chase or a justin jefferson in this style of offense to really stretch the football field and really have a guy that has that true electricity that when he touches the football, you know, he can take it the distance at any, you know, any moment in time, you know, th that's not something that you necessarily have with, with the chargers. I think you can, you see potential for chunk plays, but you don't really see potential there for that 70 yard bomb or that 80 yard bomb. Unless there's a broken coverage, you just don't know if you have the personnel to really you know, utilize that type of offense. Also, when well, like that's on the them. offensive line too, David, right? Because yeah. it's like, Hey, if you want to throw a 70 yard bomb down the field, especially if you don't have guys who are running four, three, that play is going to take a little bit longer to develop and yeah. you need a little bit more time for that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also I'd love to see them get Justin on the move more too. I mean, obviously not right now with, with him dealing with the rib injury, but you know, that's something that we know that he does exceptionally well it is, you know, when they move the pocket and he, and he does get on the run, he can throw very accurately and still throw very far down the football field as well. I just think that that's a missing element to this Chargers offense that we need to see more of. Yeah. When I think as far as Joe Lombardi goes, getting back to the offensive line, I think, I mean, a lot of it has to do with, you know, maybe the offensive line hasn't been as good as we thought it was. And it's kind of hard to judge that based on missing, you know, 40% of your offensive line yeah. for the last half of the game. I mean, this definitely was a number that stood out to me from Daniel Popper of The Athletic when he said Justin Herbert's air yards per attempt versus the Chief with Corey Lindsley on the field, 8.18, which is a great number. You'd live yeah. with that. Without him, it was 3.1. The Ugh. offense, even being as, you know, oyster is closeted as we saw it in week one where it seemed like it totally just shut in on itself like in week two it got even worse without Corey Lindsley he was a huge loss and I think that that shows you okay well the Chargers don't have the trust in the guys behind Corey Lindsley 
right, if he has to come out, especially with Justin Herbert. And now his injury, if he does play, that's not going to make them want him to hold the ball even longer, right? And like before, you don't have necessarily the guys that can you can just keep throwing it short to over and over again, hope somebody's going to pop on. They don't have those guys. And the running game hasn't helped either because I think as much as Justin Herbert has helped this offensive line look better than probably it is because, I mean, they gave up no sacks in week one, even though they gave up the fifth highest pressure percentage to the Raiders. Last week, they gave up two sacks and 13 pressures to a Chiefs defensive line that, I mean, isn't it isn't the Raiders defensive line, right? Even with those at dressers besides Chris Jones, who had five pressures, most of those, you know, had I think, yeah, five pressure. Matt Filer gave up five pressures by himself. So, like, oh. that's something we weren't expecting. But yeah. I think that could be hurting the running game, though, too, David, because so oh, much yeah. of the running game is the offensive line. And Josh Kelly's doing good, 5.4 yards per carry. But as a team, the Chargers are averaging 2.7 yards per carry. They're still committed to the running game, but it's just not there. Like, there's just no efficient running game through two weeks. No, it's not. And I mean, especially on the offensive line, chemistry and cohesion is extremely important on how they're going to perform. And the more they're out there, the more they can gel together, they're going to be able to open up holes more effectively for these running backs. And that, you know, is not something that we've really seen. There hasn't been a lot of gaping holes for these running backs to run through. I mean, it's just not been part of the offense. Now, that's something that will come with time. I just think that, you know, we haven't seen anywhere close to the best version of the Chargers offense, uh, yeah. the best version of the Chargers running game. Um, and I still think that there are ways to improve that. And we just haven't seen that yet. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's part of it too, right? Where it's like, yeah, the running game is important, right? But at the same time, like that shouldn't be stopping you from being creative offensively. And yeah. I think when you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, it's fair to want an offense that looks like the Buffalo Bills offense, right? That's just yeah. like going vertical and throwing deep to a bunch of dudes. It's like not it's not like Stephon Diggs ran a four three forty, right? He was like four five. Like these aren't specifically fast dudes, but the schemes they're working in are opening up vertical passing attacks that the Chargers just don't seem to be willing to attack, whether that's Herbert not willing to cut it loose or Lombardi not drawing up the right plays. There's something that's a problem there. The offensive line is hurting it, not having Keenan Allen is hurting it. But you want to see Justin Herbert letting it rip. He only went 17 yards downfield twice in the last game, and they completed both of those passes. You yeah. want to see it more, and it just seems like even though Joe Lombardi's offense can be good, it seems like he's kind of putting a lid on it ever being great or being elite, and that's what Justin Herbert should have offensively. He should be in an elite offense because he is an elite-level quarterback, and you have all the tools to work with with him. You know, and then you see someone like Tua, right, and has these weapons, the fastest receivers in the league. He's thrown six touchdown passes in a game against the Baltimore Ravens. So it's like, I don't know if they have the right weapons for Herbert. I don't know if this, you know, not having a bunch of fast guys is the way that you should construct an offense around Justin Herbert. And this is a question we had going into the season. Doesn't seem like it is right now. I mean, it seems like that's definitely hurting the Chargers. The team speed, at least in the receiving unit, is definitely something that's hurting them. Then again, they're not even willing to use Jalen Guyton, who seems like a total afterthought after being clearly, you know, wide receiver 3A, 3B last season. But we do have to talk about the Chargers as a whole, because even after that disastrous loss, even after a drought in the second half, I still came away feeling like the Chargers were better than the Chiefs in that last game. So we're going to talk about how good the Chargers are, if we can still reasonably say that even after a loss, and if the Chiefs and the Chargers have separated themselves from the rest of the AFC West, because it kind of feels like they have. We're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Turo because it is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. 
All you have to do is browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., Canada, and the U.K. Book a spacious SUV or a minivan for the family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, a birthday, or a holiday. Find an affordable economy car if you need to, if you're on a budget, if you need something just to get from point A to point B, you can do that at Turo.com as well. Or you can just test drive the new Tesla you've been wanting to test drive. I know I checked out the cars that were in my neighborhood. A ton of cars I'd be very, very happy to drive and really a lot cheaper than a lot of the rental places that I've used in the past. Many Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you, so it's super convenient. So ditch the boring rental car and find your drive at Turo.com. All right, David, let's continue this Twitter Tuesday and let's get away from Twitter for a second because we have a voicemail and we wanted to get into more voicemails. And if you guys ever want to leave a voicemail on the show, you can get to it at 323-524-7924 on the Locked On Chargers voicemail line. If you can keep it to around 30 seconds, those ones get played on the show the most because we can't play them if they're too long. But we did have a good voicemail here from Nick from Colorado that really made me start thinking about some other things. Hey, fellas. Uh, this is Nick from Colorado. I haven't called in for a couple years, but just watched the game, and I just wanted to say I thought we gave the Chiefs all they could handle. I think without Justin breaking his ribs or collarbone or whatever happened to him, we'd probably win that game had he not been injured. Um, Let me know what you guys think. Bolt up. So, I mean, I think that they definitely gave the Chiefs all they could handle, even with all the things that didn't break their way. And, I mean, I know it sounds crazy, and I've seen some people out there saying, hey, Chargers are still my pick, you know, in the AFC West, all that stuff. And, I mean, first of all, the AFC West is still very much in front of the Chargers. You get another yeah avenge that loss against the Chiefs and what you do against other teams that I mean two games against the Chiefs no I mean like it's only been two games yeah it's it's still wide open yeah I mean so it's it's too soon to like you know really worry about jockeying for position obviously you drop a divisional game it's huge but from that game David I wasn't sure how the Chargers and Chiefs were going to match up the first time they played right because the Chargers have to go take it they have to take the AFC West crown it's not going to be given to them and I wanted to see hey you're good on paper, what is it actually going to look like? And even with some very frustrating moments, I mean, I definitely came away from that game thinking, okay, the Chiefs are not better than the Chargers, right? Even if you want to say Patrick Mahomes over Justin Herbert, whatever, he's done it more, he's done it longer. The gap there is not (laughs) significant enough to make up for the gap that there are in other places on the teams. I mean, I think the Chargers in a lot of situations and a lot of position groups have clear advantages. I think their defense is clearly better. And I actually think thinking, hey, the Chiefs won that one, but they had to have a lot of things break their way just to get that one. Absolutely, they did. I mean, a, a couple penalties that went their way, several interceptions that didn't go the Chargers' way that yeah. you know fell to the ground helplessly for, for them in their favor. Absolutely. I mean, if a couple, a couple of those things just go the Chargers' way, we're talking about a completely different ballgame here. And also, I think we, everyone can universally say that the Chargers dominated that first half. I mean, it was pretty much yeah. not close. I mean, the scoreboard to me was not really an indication on who had a handle of that game, but Hey, it's not really what you do in the first half. <laughs> I mean, that's all well and good, but you can't win the football game in the first half. You got to win it in the second half. And unfortunately the chargers did not do enough to win that football game, but I did not come out of that game saying the chiefs are exponentially better than the chargers. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not saying that. I feel like the Chargers are definitely there toe-to-toe with them on offense. I definitely did underestimate a little bit what the Chiefs were going to be able to do on offense and how they were going to attack a little bit differently with the personnel that they have now. But the defense, 
yeah, that's a huge difference. The Chargers were getting pressure on Patrick Mahomes. They were making him very uncomfortable, making his life a lot more difficult, having to pull out some of those tricks out of the bag to be able to win that game against the Chargers. But the rest of the division, I mean, to me, Daniel, it seems pretty clear that the Chargers and the Chiefs are clearly the top two teams in the AFC West. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers were really good against the Chiefs on third down, too. I mean, I think they really frustrated that offense. You don't see many games where Mahomes has, you know, 235 yards passing. Should have had three interceptions, right? Whatever. Like, with the four dropped or called back interceptions, with the fact that Keenan Allen was not playing in this game, with the fact that Corey Lindsley and Trey Pipkins both had to leave this game. I mean, a lot of things had to break right for the Chiefs, and you feel like, you know, if one of two of those things the Chargers can avoid, like they win that game easily. And there's yeah. just, you know, a couple of dumb mistakes, like, you know, Gerald Everett and Justin Herbert not being on the same page. The Chargers running that offense with Gerald Everett asking to get out of the game after going yeah. to him on back to back plays. Like, there's a lot of things that had to break the right way. No one being there to recover an onside kick when you actually get a great kick from Justin. Oh, Hopkins. man. There was so much there, but. I think the Chargers are right there, and I think they showed, hey, on the field, we have just as good of players. We have a more talented roster, at least in my opinion, because I think the yeah. Chargers often still underachieve because I don't think the Char- Chiefs' defense is even as good as it was on that night. I mean, no one is kind of bolstered, I think, by a pick six in the Chargers' offensive drought. But I do think, though, that these two teams are the best two teams in the division, and I think one of the things that was super hyped this offseason, including by us, was the AFC West and how good it would be. Yeah. And now, David, looking at the Broncos, in the Raiders, you have the Broncos sitting at one and one with only a win over a lowly Texans team, right? And then you have the Raiders who just blew a 20-point lead <laughs> against the Cardinals. Funny thing about that, I was actually in a movie. Went into the movie, the Raiders were up 23-7. to seven, Came out of the movie, the Raiders lost 29-23. to 23. But <laughs> it does seem like, David, even though we thought this was going to be a stacked division, maybe we're too soon to crown teams like the Raiders and the Broncos. But the Chargers and the Chiefs definitely seem to have separated. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it looks different. I mean, you look at the Broncos and everybody was super excited about Russell Wilson coming in and being the quarterback. He has looked far from Mr. Unlimited. Okay, he has (laughs) not looked that great. Two touchdowns, one interception. And the Broncos has a whole 25 penalties in two games throughout their first two games in the 2022 season that is insanity that is a lot of bad football a lot of miscommunication a lot of pre-snap issues and a lot of questionable red zone decisions too i mean when they've were in the red zone it's either you see fumbles or you see them trying to throw the ball i mean you'd figure that russell wilson would get get the message that you shouldn't always throw the ball inside hmm. the five yard line i mean i mean they ran it and fumbled twice inside the five so i mean they did <laughs> yeah. try to run it too and neither one has been working but yeah, yeah and it right. definitely has not worked out for for the broncos so far but it hasn't worked out even worse for the raiders i mean all the hype that they've had with, with their offseason moves and Devontae adams he goes off against the chargers and then does absolutely nothing against the arizona cardinals he had two catches i mean he was completely irrelevant in that game yeah. and the raiders being up 20 points found a way to lose that football game, which is miraculous to me. I don't understand it, but you know, of course it's always family trust respect around here. Yeah. And I mean, the best part to me was definitely the video of the dude with like the two, I mean, maybe escorts hate to, you know, assume things, but just, you know, shaking a bunch of champagne bottles and like just celebrating at the end of the third quarter when they were up 23 to seven, knowing how the rest of the game unfolded. But I think the other part of it is too, 
underrating how hard it is to have a first year head coach and the chargers oh, had yeah. some things with that last year too. And I think really got lucky in a lot of ways. Castillo was a little different, yeah. but I do think that, you know, Josh McDaniels being the first year head coach of the Raiders, even with some coaching experience in the past, that's yeah. not easy. I have big questions about Nathaniel Hackett. That dude was giving me big time Adam Gase vibes after that first game where, you know, they decided to not put the ball in Russell Wilson's hands on fourth and five and kick a 64 yard field goal or whatever it was. (laughs) I mean, I would have big questions about that. I mean, that dude was a, you know, Packers guy. Anytime you're taking an offensive coordinator away from a super good quarterback and you don't know how much of it was one guy or the other, that's always tough, right? So how much of it was Nathaniel Hackett? Of course. What was the influence? I mean, how much, you know, how much of it's Matt LaFleur, too, that yeah. guy who was brought there just for that. And you think back to the Chargers, even Mike McCoy being Aaron Rodgers' quarterback is something that obviously helped him out a lot. But here, hold on one second. Karina, this is a cockroach. And you even think about it in context of the Chargers, right? The Chargers going out and getting Mike McCoy because he was the guru that helped out Peyton Manning, right? And how did that work out for the Chargers? So you never know how it's going to work out. So the two offensive geniuses haven't been able to figure things out for the Broncos or for the Raiders so far. And at least through two games, you know, the Broncos will sure, I'm sure, get better. The Raiders can figure it out. The Chargers and Chiefs are in a class of their own in the AFC West, which was thought to be, you know, the toughest division in football when things started. But one thing was clear when going through Twitter Tuesday questions, and that was you guys all want to know about Justin Herbert, Easton Stick, and Chase Daniels. So we'll talk about if Justin Herbert does have to miss this upcoming game, is it going to be Easton Stick or is it going to be Chase Daniel, who we would want there? And we'll also talk about just our confidence level if it does have to be Easton Stick, right? And also just how long can someone like Easton Stick keep the team afloat if that's the way the Chargers decide to go with it. But I do need to tell you guys first about my favorite daily fantasy site, and it is Price picks. I hope you guys got your prize picks in for Monday Night Football last time, but price picks is good all the time because it's not just the NFL. You can do it wherever for any sport that you want. You can find prize picks projections there. And that's what I love about price picks. It's just you versus prize picks projections. You say whether you think the player is going to go more than or less than whatever that number is for their projection. And if you do that, you win. For example, for this upcoming game for the Chargers, you could go Austin Eckler. More than or less than 55 and a half rushing yards. After seeing what the Jaguars did, I don't know, David. I've seen what the Jaguars did to Jonathan Taylor. I don't know if I'm going over on Austin Eckler 55 rushing yards in this one. So it could go either way. But what you have to do is pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You can do it with any sports, and they're always safe and fit fast withdrawals as well. So right now, guys. Download the PrizePix app or go to PrizePix.com to sign up to play daily fantasy sports. First-time re- users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, they'll give you a free $100 to play with. If you deposit $50, you'll get $50 to play with. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. All right, David, well, continuing this Twitter Tuesday, I mean, I'm, I'm laughing because I did get attacked by a cockroach and we had to edit the show a little bit. So David got to see me yelling about a cockroach, but we're back and better than ever, bold as ever. And we want to talk about Justin Herbert. You know, I'm trying to play through a cockroach in my apartment. He's trying to play through fractured rib cartilage, pretty much the same thing there. But that is obviously something a lot of Chargers fans had on their mind when we put out the Twitter Tuesday post today. So let's start with this one from Bolts Fam in Jay, who asks, should we start Chase Daniel or Easton Stick? So, first of all, you should start Justin Herbert. But if that's not an option, 
there's two other guys left, David. Is it really as simple as it is to me? Like, is there a conversation here? Where would you go with this? To me, it's not a conversation. I mean, no disrespect to Easton Stick, but I mean, we, we still see, uh, you know, that there's a pretty large gap there um, in, you know, his his understanding and his execution of this offense. One thing we don't have to worry about is the fact that Chase Daniel knows this offense backwards and forwards because he's been in it for several years, even dating back to the Saints where he was with Joe Lombardi over there for a couple of years. So, um, no, I mean, to, to me, it's not a conversation. Chase Daniel, if Justin Herbert, God forbid, cannot go, then it, it has to be Chase Daniel. I just feel like he's the only guy that you can feel can actually manage the game. Probably not going to take a lot of risks, but I feel like he can manage the game and keep the Chargers afloat long enough to hopefully get Justin Herbert back. Yeah, and I think for this conversation, I mean, I think we saw in the preseason, right, Easton Stick definitely still has a ways to go, like you alluded to. And Chase Daniel isn't anything flashy. Five career yeah. starts, two wins, three losses. QBs aren't a win stat, but or wins aren't a QB stat. But at the same time, eight touchdowns, seven interceptions. It doesn't get, you know, much less glamorous than that. That's about as a backup quarterback line as you could have. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it's in the positive, yeah. it's in the green. That's nice. But he's never really had to steer the ship for an extended period of time throughout all of his stops in the NFL. One thing you do know, Chase Daniel knows the offense well, right? If he's teaching yeah. Justin Herbert things, Cam's from comes from New Orleans, you know, with Joe Lombardi, so he has the step up there. And he outplayed Easton Stick in the preseason. Like, it was pretty clear. That last game, he had a very impressive drive against the Saints starting defense or most of the Saints starting defense at the very least, right? So it yeah. gives you some, you know, Especially, you know, hey, if he has Corey Lindsley back, right? If he has Keenan Allen back, that changes yes. things. But it's definitely Chase Daniel. I think if you had a less good team, I think maybe you go with Easton Stick. Like, if you just need a spark, if you need a wild card, because his upside is higher. Easton Stick's upside is higher for sure. sure. The Chargers don't necessarily need upside with Chase Daniel. They need someone who's going to keep things afloat and not ruin the game for you. With Easton yeah. Stick, you get a good chance. You're going to go down swinging, but you're going to go down with him potentially losing you the game. You feel yes. better about Chase Daniel not losing you the game and being exactly. able to ride a lot of skill position players, right, that you feel good about and also, you know, a really, really good defense through two games. So it yes. is Chase Daniel, but how confident are you in Chase Daniel? Because even though I'm saying those things and it's obvious there, you still don't want Chase Daniel to have to get into the game. So that leads us to our next question from Ducked Up Bolts fan who asks, I got to get that one right. The Jags just blanked the Colts looking for looking like a stout defense. What's our confidence level with Herbert at 75% or with Chase Daniels? So I'd say 70% of Justin Herbert is better than anything they're going to get out of the backups. And I'm not saying they should play him at 70%, but I think that's it. I think yeah. it's more about what you how you feel with Chase Daniel, David. How confident you feel going up against that Jaguars defense if you're having Chase Daniel as your quarterback. I mean, I'm I'm not as scared as at the Jaguar Jaguars defense as everyone else is, or you know, based off of that one game, because I'm still sitting here telling you that Matt, Matt Ryan was a large reason why the Colts were so bad in that game. Yeah, they did a good job against Jonathan Taylor, but it didn't seem like there was much zip on his passes. He was very immobile. He could hmm. not move around. Like that was a, a very very old looking Matt Ryan in that game. I mean, he just was not very competitive. To me, Justin Herbert at 70, 75% is still better than most of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Okay, and I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. So I still feel a lot more confident if we're getting a less than 100% version of Justin Herbert out there. I still feel like he can make enough plays 
to where the defense can keep them in it and them and that they they could win the football game. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, you don't want to play. If he's only at 70%, you shouldn't be out there, right? I sure. Mean, people yeah. are saying, hey, if he's not at 99.9%, he shouldn't be out there. And I, I get nobody's it because at he is such a... Nobody's at 99.9%. No, somebody did say that. Somebody no, said I'm just they saying, said, like, so yeah. no, nobody in the NFL is at 99.9%. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, everyone's a little banged up. Obviously, yeah. you know what his is, right? So that's sure. different. You know he has an injury in, like, it's a, an injury that doesn't heal easily, at least from right. what we've seen and what we've read, right? So, I mean, it, they said he's day-to-day. That's why we said we think he's probably going to play. If they're saying he's day-to-day and it is just a pain management issue, you think you would probably play from that. But there also are the risks that come along with it. Yeah. With Chase Daniel, you shouldn't feel super confident going up against the Jaguars because no matter what you say about Matt Ryan, I mean, that Jaguars defensive front did that to Jonathan Taylor, who is, you know, maybe the best running back in the entire NFL. At the same time, they also kind of got pieced up a little bit in parts of the first game they had against the Washington Commanders and Carson Wentz. Yeah. So, like, there's obvious flaws there. I mean, there's definitely things that the Chargers can exploit. You feel less good about them being able to exploit those things if you have Chase Daniel in there. On the defensive side, on the other hand, I do really think the Chargers defense is going to make life miserable for Trevor Lawrence. I don't think he's ready for what the Chargers have. (laughs) Because if you made Derek Carr... And Trevor Lawrence or Derek Carr and Patrick Mahomes look the way they did against the Chargers defense. I don't think Trevor Lawrence wants any part of that. They have a lot of flaws in their offensive line as, to, as well. So, I mean, I think that's something the Chargers are definitely going to exploit. It could be a low-scoring game on the for the Jaguars' offense for sure. So, you might not need much. Hard to say right now. Games are yeah. weird. If you get rid of Justin Herbert, you're taking away the special, most special part of your offense. Oh, yeah. If Chase Daniel has Corey Lindsley and Keenan Allen, yeah, I could see the Chargers offense putting up 20, 23, 24 points. That's not out of the realm of possibility, and they could probably yeah. win the game with that. Yeah. You just never can really feel that confident if it's your backup quarterback in there. If Justin Herbert can go, he has to go because, I mean, Chase Daniel for an extended period of time. I know we have Fireball who asked, can he carry us through the next three games, Jaguars, Texans, and Browns? No. like It's just maybe he wins one, he goes one and two, maybe he goes two and one, but this is the part of the schedule the Chargers need to be getting fat on. This is yes. where the Chargers need to be stacking up wins, stacking back-to-back wins and doing things like that because it's going to get so tough later on in the season. You yeah. can't treat these games like wishy-washy, flip-flop, don't matter as much games. They're still you got to handle your life. business. This is the easiest part of your schedule right now, and the Chargers yeah. have to take advantage of that. And we're going to be getting into that on tomorrow's show. We're going to talk about who the Chargers have in their upcoming slate because they do have a part of their schedule where – they had Justin Herbert. You'd feel good about them winning every game and you know possibly getting out to what five and one start, a six and one start. So we're yeah. going to talk about the schedule tomorrow, and we'll get into crossover Thursday on Thursday. So you guys are going to want to make sure you're here for that, and to make sure you don't miss it, go subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel, and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. If you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. If you guys want to get in on Twitter Tuesday, you guys can. Right into at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. You can hit me up at DanTalkSports on Twitter or David Drogemeyer at DroTalkSD. And you can also hit us up in the YouTube comments. You can hit us up on Instagram at LockedOnChargers. Leave a comment there. We'll get it on the show. Or you can call into the voicemail line because we will use more voicemails going forward. We need some voicemails. Call into 323-524-7924 because we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we post all the show to all of our social media so you can find us at all those places and also on our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow because the Chargers have a big win, hopefully coming up this week, a big game to try to get back on the winning side of things at 2-1. and one. And we'll have crossover Thursday. We'll talk about this Chargers soft part of the schedule 
soft part of the schedule. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.